Well, as we inch closer towards a semblance of a college football season, who better to have on than the godfather of college football preview magazines, Phil Steele. Yep, he is one of the best in the business, and he's joining us right now on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we get started with Phil, please take a second out, leave us that rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. We've got Heartland College Sports koozies we are sending your way. All you need to do for a free koozie is send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get the koozie in the mail. So, Phil, what do you make of of what this 2020 college football season is going to look like here? Uh, it looks like pretty much everybody's going conference only this year, and uh, I, I don't mind if we're conference only, actually. I mean, we'll miss out on some marquee non-conference games, but as long as we're playing conference football, I'm a happy guy, and all my forecasts in the magazine were based on conference play anyway. So uh, as long as we're playing conference football, Pete, I'm happy. I think that's the case for a lot of us, Phil. So for the Big 12, uh, Phil, it's been OU's conference now for, for half a decade. And when you look at this year, this season, the Sooners are turning over a new leaf at the quarterback position. How much could that impact with likely Spencer Rattler, at quarterback, OU's fortunes in 2020? Well, I think the Big 12 is going to be very competitive this year. Texas and Oklahoma State, TCU and Iowa State, all much improved teams this year. And when you look at Oklahoma, I like Spencer Radler at QB. I think he's going to have his fine season, be a Heisman finalist like every Lincoln-Riley quarterback. Even though he's not a transfer quarterback, he, it is his second year in the system. He was my number one rated quarterback coming out of high school. And uh, I think he'll put up the 4,000 yards passing you would expect. He's got a very good offensive line in front of him. Uh, practically the entire unit back. Bill Bedmall always does a great job bowling that offensive line. I rate it the number two offensive line in the country. The running back core is deep, as are the receivers, which I rate number seven in the country, despite the fact they lose C.D. Lamb. But I think the biggest difference for Oklahoma this year to last year and previous years is going to be defense. I think they have the potential of a top-20 defense this year, led by defensive end Ronnie Perkins, uh, nickelback Brett, uh, Radley Hiles, cornerback Trey Brown. Uh, there's good players on that defense. They they showed some games last year they could get after the quarterback. They had 36 sacks, and I think they're going to continue that this year. So Oklahoma is a favorite for the Big 12 title. Uh, I think they deserve to be in the favorites role, but I think it's going to be highly competitive. So then after that, I think there's a lot of cases to be made for some of the teams that you just mentioned. Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State seem to be in the mix. Uh, where are you going, Phil, when you look at this conference and say, okay, the most likely contender to knock off the Sooners is? Well, my number two team is Texas. And I know Texas gets mentioned every year by everybody. But last year, they only had eight returning starters coming back. This year, they have 16 returning starters. And defensively, while they had only three starters back last year, they also suffered a bunch of injuries. So this year, they have a lot of players coming back with starting experience due to those injuries. They also have nine starters back on defense. So I think the defense is going to be vastly improved for Texas. Quarterback play, Sam Ellinger's back. That's a big plus. He's number three on my Heisman list. Uh, they've got an outstanding set of running backs. The offensive line should be improved. I think this year's Texas team is clearly better and more experienced than last year's Texas team. And as they have each of the last six years, during the regular season, they've played one-score games against Oklahoma each time. So they've been in each of those games. They've won a couple. I think Texas will give Oklahoma another challenge again this year. Now, how much pressure then, Phil, is there on Tom Herman after you know getting to the Big 12 title game two years ago, 
coming up um, short of expectations last year. Is that pressure really on him this year to basically get to a Big 12 title game or have the season be considered a bust? Uh, I think Texas fans will consider a bust if they're not back in the Big 12 title game, but I don't think Tom Herman's going to be on the hot seat unless all of a sudden this thing spirals into a losing season or something like that. I think Tom Herman still will have an, another shot at uh, next year, but and I do think they get to the title game this year, which will make those Texas fans happy. Mm-hmm. Phil Steele is joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. All right, Phil, so as we go through these other teams, uh, one that you mentioned earlier is TCU. Uh, this is a team that has finished right around 500 the last couple of years and actually three of the past four years, despite the fact that the talent is there, especially on defense. What does Gary Patterson have to do to get this team back to contending for a Big 12 title? Uh, do what he normally does if the team's coming off a losing season. And uh, he's only had two of them in Big 12 play. Uh, in 2013, he had a losing season, bounced back with a 12-win year. And then you go back to 2016, he had a losing season, bounced back with an 11-win year. Uh, he now has a veteran quarterback in Max Dugan. I like the running back core, led by Zach Evans, who's the number one running back out of high school this year, mm-hmm. a late signee. And they, they've got a couple of solid true, true uh, redshirt freshmen running backs in Barlow and Foster. They had J.D. Spielman from Nebraska receiver, which is a big plus. Defensively, I thought they, them and Baylor had the top two defenses in the Big 12 last year. TCU's got the bulk of the defense back, adds an LSU transfer at linebacker. The secondary is solid. Biggest question for me is that offensive line. Uh, to answer your question directly, I think he's got to get this young offensive line to play better than its experience level, but that's something that Patterson's had good success with. And if that happens, it's going to be just like every other year he comes off a losing season. He's up there contending for the Big 12. So I, I think you're going to see a vastly improved TCU this year. Phil Steele is joining us here on the show. So, Phil, Oklahoma State, um, when you look at this team, what they bring back, Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, I think 10 of 11 on defense. Uh, is this the year that Mike Gundy has a chance to get over the hump? I know you're saying it's going to be OU Texas at the end, but what does Oklahoma State have to do to put them in that conversation for you? Yeah, and while I have Texas uh, as my number four surprise team in the country or a non-top ten team, I think, can uh, contend for a playoff spot, I've got Oklahoma State my number ten team because, <laughs> as you laid it out, uh, they've got Spencer Sanders back. Remember, Sanders went down with injury late last year as a redshirt freshman. Uh, I thought he had an okay year as a, as a freshman last year. This year he should be much improved. And getting Chuba Hubbard back at running back, wow, 2,000-yard rusher. I thought he was going to leave for the NFL. He's back. Tylen Wallace is a guy who was a Blitnikoff finalist two years ago. Last year he would have been a Blitnikoff finalist had he not got injured and out for the year. Those three right there, along with Dylan Stoner, gives him a, a pretty potent set of skill players. And as you touched on last year, if you looked at Oklahoma State, defensively they were inexperienced this year. Ten returning starters come back on the defensive side of the ball. So this is a loaded Oklahoma State team and one that's very capable of not only contending to get to the Big 12 title game, but contending to win the Big 12 overall. That's why I think it's going to be highly competitive this year. How about Iowa State? This is a team last year, Phil, that uh, lost five games, I believe it was by seven points or less. Uh, Just lost a lot of close games. Uh, Is this the year that Matt Campbell with Brock Purdy, a guy that some people think could be a top half of the first round of NFL draft pick, uh, can they make some noise, and, and what do you make of what the Cyclones have going into 2020? Yeah, and Campbell's doing a fantastic job. And eight starters back on D. I mean, defensive end uh, Jaquan Bailey back, Mike Rose at linebacker, Ryan Vance at linebacker, the secondary's a veteran unit. 
Uh, and offensively, you touched on Brock Purdy. Remember Brees Hall, the talented true freshman uh, last year, didn't really get his hands on the ball much in the first half of the year. But in the second half of the year, he averaged 101 yards per game rushing over the last eight games. He's a guy that's got a real good chance at topping 1,000 yards this year. Best set of tight ends in the country with Chase Allen and Charlie Kolar. And uh, their, their question mark is going to be the offensive line, as is the schedule. You look at their Big 12 schedule this year. Now, we've just talked about four teams, Pete. And those four teams, Iowa State has to play Texas on the road, TCU on the road, Oklahoma State on the road, and get Oklahoma at home. So they've got the toughest schedule of the top five teams in the Big 12. I think talent-wise, they're right up there with those teams. Schedule-wise, they've got the toughest road. That's a very good point. Phil Steele is joining us. So, Phil, we haven't talked yet about the uh, year two head coaches in the Big 12, and that would be Les Miles at Kansas, Chris Kleiman at K-State, Matt Wells at Texas Tech, and Neil Brown at West Virginia. Which one of these four teams are you looking at and saying, maybe maybe there's a surprise here in terms of what we see this fall? Yeah, and I think the two that would be surprised would be ones that had losing records last year, and one would be West Virginia. And West Virginia flat out impressed me last year. I know they struggled to run the football, but uh, they, they won five games. They came into TCU and Kansas State late in the year and came out with wins. Probably achieved a little more than I expected. They only had four returning starters on defense last year. They only had three returning starters on offense. They had a brand-new head coach. And uh, I thought Neil Brown did well. Now he's got 14 returning starters, two veteran quarterbacks in Deji and Kendall. Uh, you look at T.J. Simmons, Sam James at the receiver, and defensively, I love the Stills brothers inside. Uh, Darius and Dante are going to be a form- formidable duo in the uh, Big 12 play. And they add in Vendarius Cowan, who is uh, my number four rated linebacker out of high school, and he steps into that bandit spot, could make a major impact this year. So I think West Virginia is going to surprise some folks. I believe they were pegged ninth in the Big 12 media poll. Mm-hmm. I think they'll finish much higher than that. And then keep your eyes on Texas Tech, especially if they can keep Alan Bowman healthy. Now, I do a, a, a couple of uh, things, and one of them is the close wins, close losses. And you touched on it uh, with Iowa State's close losses. Well, Texas Tech didn't have any close wins last year. Their wins were all by, big, by double digits, but they had four losses that were all close, including missed field goals that ends the game or late field goals that beat them. And they could easily have been, they were basically four plays away from being an 8-4 and four team last year, but they were just 4-8. and eight. Now they've got 14 returning starters. I think with Alan Bowman back at QB, if he can stay healthy, they have the potential for an explosive offense. And defensively, I can see some big-time improvement led by DeMarcus Fields at that spur position and Eli Howard at defensive end. So those, are, those would be my favorite two of those coaches. Bill, what do you make of uh, Dave Aranda? He comes in after winning the national title at at, uh, LSU. He's now the head coach of the Baylor Bears after Matt Rule goes to the NFL. Uh, Talk about close wins. I mean, Baylor capitalized on those last year. It's big shoes to fill. The the ball bounced right, as the cliche goes, last year for the Bears. Uh, What should the expectations be for Dave Aranda with that job? Yeah, I think it's a, a big step back for Baylor this year, and I think you hit it right on the head. And all the metrics I have in the magazine basically say if you were really fortunate last year, you're going to take a step back. And for all those reasons you just touched on, they won a lot of close games. Uh, you look at this team, they weren't dominant statistically, but they ended up uh, with an amazing record going 11-2, and two, or actually 11-2. Uh, one in the regular season yep. last year, getting to the Big 12 title game. And now this year they're a much less experienced team. They only have two returning starters on defense. 
offensively, they do have Charlie Brewer back, but Dave Aranda is a first-year head coach without the benefit of spring practice, and he didn't have a single spring practice. And I think this year, if you look at the experienced teams, they're going to do better. Uh, the inexperienced teams are going to struggle this year without the lack of spring practices, and especially first-year head coaches taking over a team without the benefit of spring practice. So I think we're looking at a, a pretty major drop-off for Baylor off after last year's 11-win season. Phil, we haven't touched on the Kansas schools yet. Uh, K-State exceeded expectations with Chris Kleiman last year, beating OU, getting eight wins. Uh, Les Miles has a massive rebuild on his hands. We know that. Uh, is Kleiman also like Baylor looking at a step back? And then on the other side, you know, in Lawrence, what can Les Miles do that would be considered a success? Uh win three games yeah. uh, would be a success once again. Uh, I got to be honest with you, Pete, I picked Kansas last in the big 12 once again, <laughs> and that's, that's been pretty much a safe pick for me. And uh, they only have five, uh, six returning starters on offense, five on defense. So they're not overwhelming experience wise. In fact, they're number one Oh five experience wise, which is the second lowest in the big 12. Yeah. Puka Williams is back. Andrew Parchman at receiver, but overall, this is a team that's going to struggle. And I like the Big 12. I mean, when you look at the teams that we have, one through nine in the Big 12, they're all capable of getting to a bowl game this year. I think it's going to be another rebuilding year. And generally, new head coaches hit their stride the third year, especially when they're taking over a rebuilding team like Kansas. So let's give Les another year to get this thing straight and see what he does next year. Now, with Kansas State, Coach Kleiman, as you mentioned, did a fantastic job getting them to eight wins last year. They did have an experienced team last year. They were number 25, excuse me, on my experience chart. And this year they drop all the way down to number 113. The biggest question I have with Kansas State is that offensive line. Yeah. I mean, when you have five senior starters one year all walk out the door and you go to a grand total of two career starts on the offensive line, I wonder how that unit's going to meld. Now, if the unit does come together quickly, then they've got Skylar Thompson, a quarterback. They've got Malik Knowles, a wide receiver. They could do some damage, but I'm really concerned about an offensive line with just two returning starters. Defensively, I like Wyatt Hubert at defensive end. I think he's one of the better defensive ends in the country. Elijah Sullivan at weak side linebacker. Kansas State will be good on defense. The biggest question to me is the offensive line and the overall experience rating. I rate them number 113 on my experience ratings this year, but I still think they're going to contend for a possible bowl spot. He is Phil Steele. Phil, love the magazine. I know it's a must for everybody um, on the college football side, but for those that don't know the best way to get their hands on it, how can they do it? It's a little different this year, Pete. Normally we have a couple hundred thousand out there, and they're everywhere, but mm -hmm. this year they're not. They're only at two locations, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. We've had a lot of people saying, hey, I'm driving around, can't find it. It's only at Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. Don't waste your gas looking anyplace else for it. Or you can get it at philsteel.com. That's S-T-E-E-L-E.com. But it's the same great 352 pages packed with about, I feel, four times the amount of information in any other magazine. Only available Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, or philsteel.com. Love it, Phil. It's a, it's a must. It gets me excited for the season. It's the end of summer, and uh, I appreciate you doing this with us and joining us and talking some Big 12. Phil, thanks so much. Always enjoy talking football with you, Pete. The great Phil Steele joining us here on the show. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks so much for being a part of this show. And please take a moment, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All you need to do is leave a rating and review of this podcast. And send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, 
at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks for all you guys do spreading word on this show, and we'll talk to you soon.